coffee and your Bible September the 7th, the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits.
Sarah, I like the violin you added to that. That's cool. That's one of our earlier songs, guys. It's called Jacob's Song. Taking that story from Jacob and our life. Oh, hold, hold, darling. Our life's a whole lot like that. Jacob's running. What am I going to do? Ooh, good morning. You ever had those nights where you, you go to sleep, but then you just don't seem like you don't get enough, get get the right sleep or something? That's how I am this morning, brothers and sisters. I'm kind of groggy this morning. I'm like trying to wake up. I got my coffee. <laughs> and thank you, Brother David, for helping me get that back, uh, get, get the original back. Uh, praise the Lord. Daybreak is a ministry of Church Without Walls. That is our website. We'd love for you to check us out. Keep up with us. Remember that Daybreak is now also a podcast. And I was looking yesterday and it has grown more. So I'm very excited about that. I thank God for the podcast. You know, for me, podcast is a lot easier, guys, because if, if you got your podcast on and you don't have to have so much data signal on the road, you can pick it up about anywhere. So anyway, I wanted to remind everybody to starting tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watching are from around there. Uh, has Tammy Crick been on here with us lately? No. But anyway, at uh, Windrow Community Church in Rockville, Tennessee, we'll be starting tomorrow night a revival. Uh, and yeah, we'll be having services all weekend, different places, but... We'll be in Revival at Windrow, and that'll start each night at 6.30. We'll be leading worship as a family, and then I'll be bringing a word, trying to bring a word and preach the word of God. So I desire an, uh, your prayers. I really need your prayers. Uh, really need your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. Anyway, let's jump into Revelation 6. Uh, Revelation 6. I actually got sidetracked yesterday, so sorry about that, kind of. But, you know, I just want to follow. All you can really do is what you feel in your heart to do. But let's get back to Revelation chapter 6, and let's talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and let's do it, you know, verse by verse. So when he had opened one of the six seals, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, like thunder, come and see, Right? And I looked, and behold, a white horse. Now, it seems to suggest to me, we talked about this yesterday, but it seems to suggest to me the white horse seems to suggest uh, political conquest and uh, a false savior, right? A counterfeit savior. So the true savior comes on a white horse as well. But, and I wanted to say this today. I probably didn't say this yesterday. When I said, this is the Antichrist. It might be more accurate to say it this way. It seems that these four horsemen of the apocalypse are spirits that are unleashed and that go about that. It's, it's like it's, it's, the, it's the imagery of it goes forth into the earth, right? And so that might be, might be you know, instead of saying it's actually a rider, you know, on a horse, but it, it's the spirit that goes forth, you know, this spirit of conquest that goes forth. Now, the, the strange thing is, tomorrow we'll probably talk about this more, but we'll look at 
Matthew chapter 24 again, because it it's very similar what we are re going to read today, very similar to the things Jesus said in Matthew 24. But uh, he goes forth conquering and to conquer. And so it suggests, uh, you know, political conquest. He's given a bow, but it doesn't mention an arrow. And so that would seem to suggest that he's coming to power uh, with the threat of war, you know, at least in the beginnings, like with the threat of war. You know, many, uh, kind of like what China is doing with, say, Taiwan, or, you know, there's a there's a show of force that happens. Uh, 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 nations will, like, show force. They'll do flyovers. They'll bring all their carriers out in the sea, and it's like they'll show force and try to uh, go on conquest politically uh, with the threat of war, but maybe not actually making war, at least in the beginning, it seems to be. Here's another interesting thing in verse 2. He had a bow and a crown was given to him. Now, I looked this up in the Greek. This word crown is not a diadema. It's not a diadem, like you would think of a crown, like a king's crown. But it's, uh, it, it's the Greek word, I did not jot it down, but it's like Stephanos or something like that. But it, what it relates to is, is like a wreath crown, more like what is given, you know, at a race. Yeah, Olympics, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it, that's what it relates to. It doesn't relate to a diadem. So don't picture a diadem. That's not the right picture. It's not hard. A gold crown with diamond no, and, and, and that's what can confuse us in the English language. Because we don't read Greek, right? So we just read it. It's like, okay, there's something on his head. Well, what was on his head? Well, we know he's, we, what we said yesterday, he comes to power because the Lord allows him to come to power. And let me say this about the four horsemen as well. This is very important. Now, we can't get into this in detail till we get to like chapter 17. But you probably know because you've read Revelation enough to know that there is a Babylon. And Babylon is a whore, a harlot, a prostitute. And Babylon rides on the back of the beast that comes to power. Well, Babylon seems to suggest a like a world religious system that rises, okay? It's not faithful. It's not faithful to one, okay? But it, it brings in all the religions together. Now, this Antichrist is released also from our Lord as judgment against Babylon. You see, Babylon comes to power. But when the abomination of desolation comes, we spoke about that last week, when that happens, the Antichrist declares himself to be above all gods. That is to say, he needs the one world religious system to rise to power. But we find in the book of Revelation, you'll notice that he hates the whore and destroys her with fire. So the Antichrist also becomes God's judgment against the whore, against Babylon as well, the one world religious system that rises here in the book of Revelation. So, so as we see this, the, these, these things going forth, that is to say the Antichrist is going to make deals. He's going to rise to power and... 
he's going to be saying peace, 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 but he's going to betray that peace. And he's going to turn and destroy the religious system that brought him to power, that helped him rise to power. But we'll get into that in more detail. But I, I just said that to say these these this unleashing also is an unleashing that ends up being a judgment against Babylon because God puts it in their heart to hate the whore and to burn her with fire. That's it's an amazing, amazing prophecy. Okay. But so he's got a crown. A crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. So we see this political conquest. And remember this. Here's another reason why it seems to me uh, that this would be future, because there's always been war. I was just studying yesterday. Lisa and I were together. We went. She went with me to Vanderbilt to see Brother Bill, who's doing great. And I think he's getting going to rehab today, by the way. Man, what an amazing thing. But I was just reading about how that the 21st century, or the 20th century, what we just came out of was the bloodiest, most evil. It was more filled with death than any other century. And we forget these things. We forget about Hitler and Stalin and Mao Zedong and all this we we forget about it because we don't experience it maybe where we live. Or what was that, Rwanda? I mean, so many people have been slaughtered in the 20th century. And we don't even think about these things. Horrific, horrific things. So there's always been death. There's always been conquest. But this seems to suggest a final end time beginning of conquest and notice it's going to lead one to the next. It's a conquest, a rider on the white horse, leads to the red horse, which is going to lead to war. What happens after that? Pestilence, famine, people starving to death. I mean, these are all in order. So let's let's read the next one. Conquering into conquer. Then he says, the second seal, verse 3, when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And maybe this fiery red speaks of, you know, blood red. Blood. It was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. And this great sword, always throughout the scripture, all the scripture, the, great, the sword always represents war. So this is war. I mean, this is conflict on the earth. And so remember, Jesus said a time's coming. He said it's going to signal his end time. We'll look at that more tomorrow. It's going to sing, signal his return. And it's going to be a time that's been that's worse than any other time. But before that, he says, look, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be false Christ, false prophets. He talks about all these. He says, but don't be troubled. The end's not yet. And then he gives a sign. But when you see the abomination of desolation, then is going to be great tribulation such as was not since there was a nation. So you might could even see this as the beginning of the final. And this is how I see it in my brain anyway. The, the final world war. I mean, the world war, the war that ends all wars, right? 
why is it going to end all wars? Because it's a conflict. It's glo- It's going to be global. It's, it'll start in the Middle East for sure. But it, it'll become global. But it'll end with the return of Yeshua, Jesus, back to Jerusalem to sit on his throne. And that's why I'm saying it's going to be the war that ends all wars. So he took peace from the earth. We think it's bad now. Peace from the earth. Then it says in verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse. Right? And he that sat on him had a pair of scales in his hand. Now, we don't see this now. I mean, we don't. Well, now, Wooders used to have a pair of scales down there. Probably still do. Wooder Brothers right down the road. But in this day, every market that you went to had a scale. That's how they determined how much to sell you, right? We don't think of it. All of our, everything we buy now here in the West, in America, is prepackaged. Might be different for you, Nadim, over in Pakistan, or you, Brother William, down in Haiti. But around here, everything's prepackaged, right? So we don't really think about it. But this is, scales, is, is it weighs, right? But look. He has a pair of scales in his hand, and then here's what he hears. John hears, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. This is the new King James Version. King James Version say a penny. But what is a denarius? Well, the easiest way to understand this is a denarius basically represents a day's wage. So a day's wage is going to be different where you're living in the earth. You know, I would say the average, probably the average day's wage, maybe, if we were to put it on the scale in America, would be somewhere around $150 to $200 a day. Okay. Well, what's, what, what's that mean? Well, you're talking about famine, scarcity, right? Look, a quart of wheat for $200 or $150 or $100, whatever the day's wage equals out to be, that's that's the scales. That's what he's saying. A day's worth of money, a day's worth of money is going to take to buy a quart of wheat. A quart of wheat's not going to feed a family. Right, Mom? Might feed a soldier for a day, right? It surely will not feed Right. So then what the other, it says, or three quarts of barley for a denarius. So barley's cheaper. What does this mean? It means famine. It means shortages of food. It means great shortages of food. Well, that's normal. That's what follows war. Remember, there's conquest. The conquest leads to war, bloodshed. Peace is taken from the earth. Great, a great sword, not just a sword, a great sword, right, was given to the second rider. Well, what happens in war? Death, carnage, diseases, you know, animals ending up in water supplies, dead bodies. I mean, it's terrible. It's awful, which leads to uh, a scarcity of food, you know, I'm I'm uh, this is this is happening right now. You know, we've got brothers and sisters that's getting food into Ukraine. You know, I know there's a lot of political stuff going on in Ukraine, but there's other people that's just like us. They just live there and they're caught in the midst of this. 
They're caught in the midst of these wars of governments, right? And this chess game that the world is playing. And then all of a sudden you can't go down the store and get something to eat, right? So it's talking about famine. And it's talking about how hard it's going to be to live. But notice he says this, do not harm the oil and the wine. The ruling class is not going to be bothered during this time. The rich are going to be just fine. It's just like right now, the ruling, the elite of the world, they don't care. You know, when when the world leaders get on TV, and I'm, I'm not going to say a name, but this this happens, right? It just happened recently. World leaders get on TV. And they make speeches and they say, oh, expect shortages of food. Expect food shortages. Well, they're talking about for us. They're not talking about for them, right? They're talking about for us. And then according to where you live, it'll be even worse, right? I mean, it's certainly harder for our brothers uh, in Haiti, for Will Gene, that you see his name on there, certainly harder for them. Or Brother uh, Nadim in Pakistan. Matter of fact, Pakistan received flooding just recently. We've been praying for Pakistan because of all the flooding. You know what the flooding does? It destroys the crops. You know what happens when you destroy the crops? You don't get food in the stores. And so just worldwide things affect the food chain. And then we've got what's going on in our world today, which is crazy. We've even got production plants, food plants, just spontaneously being destroyed, burning up, crazy stuff, right? Uh, shortage on baby formula, and then you find out they're destroying it. It's crazy things are happening. But anyway, I got off track. Verse 7, when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature say, come and see. And so I looked and behold, a pale horse. The name that said on him was death, and that's probably why he was pale. Death. It's that picture of death, you know, right? Hades followed with him, and power was given over them, given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword. So we're talking about war, with hunger, people starving to death, and with the beast of the earth. Why is the beast of the earth a problem? Well, they're starving to death too, right? When famine hits, it, ha it happens to the animals too. And so all of this is different according to where you live. But these are the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse that is released. Now, some believe they've already been released, that they were released 2,000 years ago. When I was all millennial, I kind of leaned that way. But it's, it's become, at least in my thoughts these times, it's like, well, war has always been. These, uh, everything that we see here has always been since there's been people. Always. He must be talking about something that's greater than what we've ever seen. That begins an end-time situation. And we say that, there's reasons we say that that we will show in the future. Okay, time is up. What time is it? 6.30. Time's... 6.30 is the meeting starting tomorrow night. And then on Sunday? Sunday's regular time, 11 o'clock. 11 a.m. And they'll have dinner on the ground. Dinner on the ground. Hey, fear not, little flock. God loves you. Amen? God loves you. Do not 
fear because God is your God. The Lord, He is our God. We shall not fear what man shall do to us. And we seen when we went through the books, the letters to the churches, what it really means to overcome. Some people have wrong ideas on what it really means to overcome. But to overcome is to overcome this world and the system. And whether we live or whether we die, we belong to Jesus. That is an overcomer in Scripture. Love you guys. Thank you for being here. Questions, comments, I love to read them. Uh, I love to hear what you have to say. I love to see your thoughts and look over them. So thank you for participating. Thank you for being here. Let's, uh, let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. All right, guys. Love you. Have a great, great day. See you tomorrow. And if there's something I'm not covering that you want me to cover or you've got a question about it, please let me know. Bye.